Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, Faith of Our Fathers. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Has been the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ defeated death for us. And the second miracle is the resurrection of dead people. The spiritual resurrection of those who are dead in Christ. Lord, we pray that you perform miracles. Not only here, but throughout the world. Demonstrate the great power of God. By saving your people whom you loved from the foundation of the world. Save your people, heal your people, raise them from the dead. Grant them true repentance and living faith. That they live, that they may live for you all the days of their lives. And be commended by God. This we pray in Jesus name, Amen. Faith of our fathers. I want to speak to you about faith. Then about, from the text, the substance of faith. The commendation of faith. And the understanding of faith. In Hebrews 11 verse 6 we read, Without faith it is impossible to please God. No, it didn't say it is difficult. It's impossible to please God. What must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says he who believes has eternal life. And the author told us already. Israelites perished in the wilderness because they did not believe the gospel preached to them. That is they did not mix the word of God with faith. Chapter 4 verse 2. They were unbelieving. Chapter 3 verse 12 and 19. They were disobedient. Chapter 3 verse 18. Therefore they did not enter into rest. Restless people. We see all around. And the cause of it. That they will not believe the gospel. Chapter 11. Is a description and illustration of what the author had stated in chapter 10, verse 38 and 39, which says, But the righteous one will live by faith. And verse 39, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. So chapter 11 gives us a definition of faith and illustration of faith in terms of the lives of people who believed and entered into God's rest. What is faith then according to scripture? First you must understand faith is not in faith or faith is not in ourselves. Faith has an object. A large object. 
We must believe in God. We must believe in his son Jesus Christ. The only savior of the world. This type of faith. Requires first knowledge. If faith is in an object. Who is God. Then we must hear the gospel. We must receive knowledge of God. We must have cognition. Faith comes by hearing the gospel preached clearly. In order to believe, one needs clear information concerning Jesus Christ, the object of our faith. That Christ Jesus, the only Son of God, died on the cross for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, that he appeared to many, that Christ is seated on the right hand of the Father, that Christ and Christ alone is the King of kings and Lord of lords, that Christ is the head of the church, his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That Christ Jesus is coming again to judge the living and the dead and save his people with the fullness of salvation. Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 believed. Paul preached it in Philippi to a bunch of women and God opened the heart of Lydia and she believed. The Philippian jailer heard the gospel and he believed and was saved in the middle of the night. Faith means you need information. And that's the reason every Christian must proclaim the gospel by life and by word. We are living in this world for one purpose. To point people to the Savior by giving them information. And second, agreement to this information. Ascensus. Cognition must lead to conviction. The hearer of the gospel must understand the gospel intellectually and agree with the gospel. He must agree that the gospel is true and more than that. He must agree that the gospel is applicable to him. He must say, I need Jesus to save me. Agreement, conviction, cognition leads to conviction, but that's not yet true saving faith. Conviction should lead to commitment. Roman Catholics would teach that faith is mental assent to the gospel. The evangelicals of today heartily agree. You are a Christian if you mentally agree to the facts of the gospel. You don't have to commit your life to Jesus. You don't have to live the gospel life. Just mental agreement. 
But this is not true faith. This is the faith of demons. We are told demons believe. Demons believe God. Demons tremble. Demons believe in the Bible. Demons are orthodox. Demons believe that God exists. Demons tremble at this truth. But let me assure you, demons never repent and commit themselves to serve the true and living God. The hearer must move from cognition to conviction to commitment to this Christ, to live for him forever. Reformers said, therefore, fides est fiducia. Faith is trust. It is entrustment of all that I am and all that I have to Jesus Christ now and forevermore. Faith is moving from myself, the center, to Jesus Christ, the center. Faith declares Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. Faith in its essence is commitment to Christ that we may be saved. John Murray says we rest not what is done by us but upon the almighty Savior. He says we rest upon not what is done in us not what is done by us, but upon the Almighty Savior. Jesus Christ saves us through faith. That's saving faith which begins with cognition, with conviction, and moves quickly to commitment. Saving faith, unlike mental ascent, which is the devil's faith, always and necessarily issues in good works of obedience. James, the Lord's brother, says, faith without works is dead faith. It is simulation of the spiritual grace called faith. It is phony, it is plastic, it is artificial, it's demonic. Paul says, faith expresses itself in love. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Believers devote themselves in doing what is good. Faith works. Faith perseveres to the end. And this faith, the scripture teaches us, is supernatural gift. It cannot be produced by humans. This supernatural gift is a consequence of the miracle of regeneration. And therefore it is saving faith, living faith, persevering faith, and faith that pleases God. And it is the faith of our fathers, Abraham, Moses, Gideon, Peter and Paul, Luther and Calvin, 
Knox, Wesley, Whitfield, Spurgeon, Martin Lloyd-Jones. It is a faith that expects trials and endures trials gladly. Chapter 6, verse 1 says, it is faith in God. Chapter 6, verse 12 says, it is through this faith we inherit what has been promised. Chapter 10, verse 22 says, it is by this faith and the full assurance of this faith, we draw near to God in worship. Chapter 10, verse 34, it is a faith that knows that we have a better and abiding possession. And so we gladly suffer the loss of all things, even our life. It is not a one-time faith. It is a living and continuing faith in Jesus. Yeah. Truly, faith and repentance are likened to two wings of a bird. And a Christian lives by repentance and faith all the days of his life. Now we speak to you about the substance of faith. The author gives us a partial definition of faith in chapter 11 and verse 1. And he says, now faith is hypostasis of things hoped for and elenkos of things not seen. Faith is hypostasis of things hoped for, things future. Hypostasis. And this word can have an objective sense as well as subjective sense. New International Version translate, now faith is being sure. That's subjective meaning. Being sure of things hoped for. King James Version chooses the objective meaning. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I choose the objective as well as the subjective because the objective meaning provides the subjective meaning, not the other way around. This gift of supernatural faith is a rock foundation of things hoped for, things yet future. Or faith, this faith that I spoke about, substantiates our hopes. Faith substantiates objective future reality. Faith gives reality to things hoped for. Faith gives reality to things hoped for in the present. Hypostasis means that which stands under a solid platform, a sure foundation. The word is used in papyri to mean that which guarantees a transaction. So it can be translated, faith is title deed to things hoped for. Faith provides a firm standing ground in the now while I await the fulfillment of God's promises. Therefore, 
I am sure of the fulfillment of all God's promises to me. So faith is assurance in the present. Faith gives the object hoped for at a future period a present reality and power in the soul as if already possessed. Faith gives us a foretaste of things future. It gives us a forevision and a foretaste. Faith is like a telescope that brings objects at a distance near to us that we can see them and be energized by that sight to live our life in the present. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, we live by faith and not by sight. By faith we see spiritual realities now and deal with the present in the light of that reality. Matthew Henry says faith demonstrates to the eye of the mind the reality of those things which cannot be discerned by the eye of the body. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4.18 So we fix our eyes not on things seen we fix our eyes on what is unseen now that looks contradictory but for faith it follows it is not a non sequitur by faith I see things unseen this verse tells us we can see what is unseen by Faith. Faith sees the unseen and hopes in the unseen. And energizes us in the present how to deal with our problems. And we are told faith is elenchos of things not seen. The word elenchos has an objective meaning. It means proof, guarantee, evidence. Faith is proof of unseen things God has promised. It is evidence of things future, things not yet seen. Or faith is demonstration of unseen things to our heart. Faith demonstrates to us things unseen and therefore we have conviction of things unseen. We are certain and assured of things unseen. We are certain that things unseen we shall see by and by. Faith leads us to know realities beyond the ability of reason to discover, yet it has reason. Somebody wrote a book, maybe bobbing. Our reasonable faith. Faith is reasonable because it rests on the biggest reason infinite personal God faith is not blind faith faith is not leap in the dark faith is not sacrifice of human intellect the Greeks looked down upon people of faith 
the Greeks said concerning them, they said, faith is the characteristic of the uneducated, not of the sophisticated. No, sir, faith is reasonable. The biggest reason is God said so. So we, as believers in Jesus Christ, say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. God who cannot lie or die or change. And we read in chapter 6 of this book concerning Abraham, God promised and confirmed the promise by an oath. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we may be greatly encouraged. Turn with me to chapter 11, verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about what? Things not seen. In holy fear built an ark to save his family. He didn't see any rain. He didn't see any storm in his entire life. He never saw any flood. And yet God said, He's going to destroy the world by a flood. And you build an ark and save yourself. In holy fear, he built, though he didn't see one thing about the throne, physically. But he believed what God said is true. Turn to chapter 11, verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. That is salvation in its fullness. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. By faith they saw. From a distance. Faith sees the invisible. And the believer is assured and certain that God will do what he has promised. Look at Abraham, chapter 11, verse 19. Go and sacrifice your son, burn him up. And he did. But now in Hebrews we are given the reason why he did it. This is what faith is all about. Look at verse 19. Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. He believed that as soon as the sacrifice is done, he will raise his son from the ashes because he promised him a son and a nation and a Messiah through Isaac, the son of promise. What reasoning, what faith, what confidence, what certainty that God cannot lie. He must be trusted. Turn with me to Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. And look at verse 19, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He looks upon things that are visible and interprets it in the light of God's promises. 
God promised him a son. The body is dead. Wife's body is dead. Verse 20, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded God had power to do what he had promised. Now look at Moses, chapter 11, verse 27, how he exercised his faith. 11:27. By faith he left Egypt and all its glories and power and position. Now people don't leave Egypt. They go to Washington, D.C., isn't that true? The seat of power. Nobody wants to leave that place. It's, it's like a black hole. Nobody comes out of that place. And even so-called Christians, so oh, they gravitate to that place of great power. Here Moses left Egypt, the seat of power. Not fearing the king's anger, he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This is what he's talking about. Faith is elenchos, faith is hypostasis, faith is substance, faith is proof, demonstration, evidence, faith sees the invisible. And he's energized by that sight to deal with our present issues and problems. Turn to John chapter 11 about Martha. John 11 and verse 40. Then Jesus said to Martha, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Faith sees the power and might and operations of God, the fulfillment of God's promises. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4. St. Paul is saying this. 6 through 8, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time has come for my departure. He understands death is not the end. He understands to die is gain. To be absent is to be present with God. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing substance of faith. Faith is not hot air. It is not water. It's substance. It's foundation. It is rock that you can stand upon. It's conviction. It is certainty that God will do what he has promised. Second. The commendation of faith. Verse 2. This is what the ancients were commended for. That is commended by God. The author speaks of faith. Which was also. Was the faith of the fathers. The ancients. That word means the elders. But it, is, it means the same thing as in verse 1 of chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers. There is a unity for the people of God. The body of Christ is one. People of God are one. 
and they are all characterized by this constant the saving faith the living faith the persevering faith the sacrificing faith faith that defies death itself by this kind of faith the elders were testified to the elders were commended for by god brothers and sisters it doesn't matter what you say about yourself to me resumes are generally inflated view of self that's not what this is all about this is not about my testimony about myself these ancients were commended certified by god testified to by god that is the greatest testimony you can have one thing characterized the fathers and all believers of all times that is the faith without which it is impossible to please god and he will soon illustrate this faith by citing some of those fathers like abel enoch noah and so on they all lived by faith in the promises of god they were sure of things future to them and were convinced of things they did not see yet with their physical eyes but they trusted implicitly in god's promises by their life of faith they bore witness to god's goodness therefore god also commended them bore witness to them by recording their names in the holy scriptures turn to chapter 11 now verse 4 by faith abel offered god a better sacrifice than cain did by faith he was commended as a righteous man commended by god and look at verse 5 by faith enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience that he could not be found because god had taken him away for before he was taken he was commended as one who pleased god and turn to chapter 39 these were all commended for their faith by god himself the commendation of faith do you live by faith do you witness to god's goodness by living according to the word or are you bringing shame to the name of the lord stench to the nostrils of god but if you live for god's glory god will testify concerning you on that day particularly the good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord he so testified concerning his own son this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased hear ye him jesus lived by faith always pleasing his father he said it is written so i obey my father and not you devil either the father will testify in this manner concerning you or he may testify concerning those who refuse to live by faith you wicked and what lazy servant depart from me what is it going to be concerning you on that day so i urge you to live such a life that god may give you a certification a commendation 
and invite you into his eternal kingdom. Number three, the understanding of faith, verse three. And here we read, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. This is speaking about cosmology and cosmogony. The author now in verse 3 speaks of the faith of himself and of his church. The question, of course, is how do we understand the origin of the universe? And the author says we understand the origin of the universe by faith. By faith, that is a causal dative on account of faith. Not by sight. There was no human witness to creation. In Job 38 verse 4, God asks Job, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. By faith we understand. And people laugh at it. They will look upon faith and understanding mutually exclusive. But they are not. They are complementary. By faith, he says, we understand. We intellectually grasp. We exercise our news, our mind. That is by faith in God's revelation. God has told about creation in Genesis. And we study this divine disclosure with our intellect. And so we understand divine cosmogony and cosmology. Brothers and sisters, a Christian does not sacrifice his mind. He uses his intellect to its full capacity. First in studying God's revelation in scriptures and second in studying God's revelation in creation. No philosopher or scientist can speak correctly of the origin of the universe if he rejects the biblical revelation. By faith we, God's people, people of faith, understand intellectually that the universe was created by the word of God, by divine command. God's word is power. It is creative, formative. And Isaiah tells us in chapter 55, the word of God always accomplishes the purpose to which it is sent. By faith we understand. And of course the author is referring to Genesis chapter 1. Verse 3, verse 6, verse 9, verse 11, verse 14, verse 26, and, and verse 24. Seven times we are told, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Or turn to Psalm 33 and verse 6 and 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. Verse 9. For he spoke and it came to be. The whole universe came into existence. At his command. And we were told already in chapter 1 of Hebrews. And verse 2. 
But in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. And not only that he made the universe, verse 3 of chapter 1 says that he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Powerful word that brought forth the universe and maintains and preserves the universe and preserves us with it. You and I exist and subsist because that powerful word maintains us. He's speaking of creation of all things. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. All things. Colossians 1 verse 16. For in, by him all things were created, Jesus Christ. Things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authority, all things were created by him and for him. And the same we are told in John's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 3. And all people are supposed to arrive at this understanding about the origin of the universe. That God created all things by His powerful Word. Turn to the book of Romans, chapter 1 and verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Let me tell you, it is not that the unbelievers do not know. They know. But they are enemies of God. They suppress truth. They exchange it for a lie. So that they don't have to bow down and serve this great God the question then is then why all people do not come to this understanding it is because of sin sir First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 10 but God has revealed it to us by his spirit the unbeliever is dead in trespasses and sins he is untouched by the spirit of the living God and his mind is not quickened but God has revealed to us by his spirit 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12 we are not we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us dead people cannot understand and look at verse 14 the man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 we are told the God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelieving. The unbeliever is blind, he is dead, he is an enemy of God, he knows, yet he suppresses this truth. He refuses to surrender and worship God. Romans 1 verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. 
verse 21 and 20 through 23 for although they knew God they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened although they claimed to be wise they became fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds and animals and reptiles. So from scripture, we understand. We of faith, we whose eyes have been opened by the mighty operation of the Holy Ghost, we understand, we alone understand that the universe was created by the word of God and maintained by the word of God so that what is seen the visible universe is not made out of what is visible or what is seen is not made out of what is seen that is the universe was not made out of pre-existing matter that's what it says Plato spoke of cosmogony and he said that creator fashioned the world by pre-existing formless matter Philo the Jew also believed this view but here our author deliberately denies this platonic and philonic cosmogony and cosmology and this is the view of modern man also you cannot have Big Bang without matter. So the author of Hebrews denies eternity of matter. Denies the Greek thought that matter is evil. Denies dualism, that is equal ultimacy of good and evil. Denies pantheism. Affirms creator-creature distinction. Denies all present-day explanations of the universe including Big Bang theory which requires pre-existing matter as well as evolutionary hypothesis the author is speaking of God creating the universe out of nothing but by his creative powerful command so what is seen in the universe is not a self-existent reality it is the work product of self-existing self-sufficient infinite personal triune God of the Holy Scriptures and only believers in Jesus Christ know the true origin of the universe brothers and sisters they call us fools who say in their heart there is no God they call us fools, but the scripture calls them fools who say in their heart there is no God. An unbeliever cannot affirm true origin of the universe. He knows it, but he suppresses it. He exchanges it for a lie because he refuses to bow down before the Almighty God. Turn to chapter 3 of Hebrews. And verse 4, here also he speaks about creation. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Not only he created the universe by his powerful word, brothers and sisters, but he also recreates us and the fallen world by his powerful word. This word of God is created the universe but it also creates us and makes us new creation. 
Turn to Second Corinthians chapter four and and verse six. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He came to you, dead people, and said, Let there be light. And light fled into your soul. Your eyes were open, and you see reality that you are a sinner. God is God. And you cried out, Oh God, have mercy upon me. The book of James. Chapter 1, verse 18, He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits for all He created. First Peter 1, verse 23, And here we read, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. All right, turn to John chapter 5. Let's take a look at it there. The same word of God recreates us, makes us new creation. John 5 verse 25. I tell you the truth, the time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. That's what happened to us, isn't that true? And then we are told in verse 28 and 29, do not be amazed at this for a time is coming. And all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live. Everyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. The old is gone, new has come. Hallelujah. Have you experienced the miracle of new creation? Have you been given the gift of godly repentance and saving faith? Then you understand all miracles of the scriptures. There is no more question about it, including the origin of the universe, as well as virgin birth and resurrection, and ox, iron, axe head, floating, are all peoples of all history being raised from the dead and summoned to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I have no problem believing every miracle. Because they all are reasonable. And what is the reason? A mighty, infinite, personal God behind it all. Then you understand the divine revelation. Then you are sure of things hoped for and certain of things yet unseen. Then you know that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Then you know your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Jesus Christ is with you always. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are going to heaven to be with him forever. In his presence there is fullness of joy on his right and pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. And the Savior is coming again. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. And he will make a new heaven and a new earth by his powerful word for us to dwell in with him. And he will give us a body like unto his glorious body. By faith we also know that there is going to be a final judgment. Every unbeliever shall be cast into hell, the lake of fire. They shall go into eternal punishment. By faith we see it. By faith we understand it. 
by faith let us understand from scripture not only the origin of the first creation but also the new creation may god help you to be his new creation that you may love by faithful obedience to god's word that you may give witness to god's goodness in this world that god may give witness to you on that day thou good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord heavenly father perform miracles only you can perform miracles perform miracles you have already performed the miracle of creation the miracle of exodus but more than that the perfect miracle of the resurrection of jesus christ and now you are performing throughout the world the miracle of raising dead people from the dead to life and you have raised us to life you opened our eyes hallelujah by faith we understand we understand who we are and what our destiny is we are on our way to your presence hallelujah O oh Lord grant repentance and faith even now that your people of your eternal election may repent and believe in Jesus Christ and be saved this end we pray amen You have been listening to Grace and Glory audio of this sermon entitled Faith of Our Fathers Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor PG Matthew 